Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of the Two Gamers with Love Halloween special. This time, we are taking a look at Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Uh, this film was released on October 13th, 1989, so about one year after Halloween 4 came out. Um, and I really have no recollection of this film whatsoever, so I'm really excited to jump into this one. Uh, but when last we we left... Our, our cast of characters, um, Dr. Loomis witnessed the horror that was Jamie, uh, Michael Myers' niece, sort of murdering her mother and, I guess, uh, inheriting the curse of Michael Myers. And and when last we saw the man himself, he fell down into like a hole in the ground. Um, and that's where we left off. So without further ado, let's hop into episode five, Halloween five, the revenge of Michael Myers and see what this is all about. So I'm about to push play on the, the DVD. So if you want to follow along, do so now. And uh, we're kind of on the initial title cards, the little film strip flipping is kind of what we're looking at right now. So Trancas International Films. All right, um, here we go. <coughs> Mustafa Akkad presents Donald Pleasance in Halloween 5. This one already looks more like intense, like the even the lettering looks a little more like horror movie-esque, not so much like I don't know, they changed the the title, the intro sequence is is a little bit different. It's just kind of like this orange and red fiery lettering of the characters and the actors who are in this film and uh, sort of these quick, quick cuts to something with some sounds of like sharpness. I don't know um, whatever sharpness, I guess, sounds like, but very ominous music. It looks like there's some sort of knife moving around some kind of skin stuff. I don't know. So it's a little weird. Um, and Wendy Kaplan as Tina. A lot of whoa, 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 like cutting sounds. Um, yeah, so. Casting by Dee Dee Bradley. Production designer, Brenton Swift. Art director, Richard Honigman. Oh, something falls into the water. Special makeup effects designed and created by K&B. Alan Howarth did the music. And Halloween theme by John Carpenter. Nice. Yeah, so John Carpenter, it looks like there's a, it's a pumpkin being carved is what we're seeing. That's cool. Um... I like how they've always kind of incorporated the pumpkin imagery into the opening of, you know, the opening sequence of the films. Um, this is a, this seems to be a very violent uh, pumpkin carving endeavor. A lot of stabbing and slicing going on. And then the Halloween theme starts playing a little bit in the background, which sounds really cool. Oh, God, we're just seeing this pumpkin just get directed by Dominique Athenian Girard. Oh, did a woman direct this? I'm assuming that maybe a woman's name, but that's cool. Um... So we see this sort of slashed up pumpkin. Uh, and then it looks like we're starting similarly to how Halloween 2 started. Uh, we're starting at the end of Halloween 4. So uh, we're seeing, you know, the sort of last moments of Michael Myers being, being uh, f you know, sort of when they smash him with the car and they kind of knock him into the, knock him into the well or whatever. 
So we're seeing this last this last moments. Again, these films feel very connected to the first films. You know, this is, this is how they they transition from film one to film two. So here's a scene where Jamie like touches his hand. And, you know, Jamie kind of get moves away and they just unload into Michael Myers here. Like all this artillery, like literally, like there's no way no one could ever survive. Um, but right. He's not a man. Right. And he kind of flies into this hole in the ground and the earth kind of caves in around him and he's he's done. He's buried. He's gone. He's gone from here. Jamie and, and, and Dr. Loomis cower by the truck. And then we get to see kind of where he fell. And what he fell into. Uh, somehow he's still squirming and sort of writhing through the muck. Uh, somehow still alive. And he kind of creeps away as the police look down the hole. <laughs> they they throw some dynamite down there. They happen to have some dynamite. Um, we see Michael Myers like creeping out of the hole. And he's still alive and he's in the river. And the river just sort of takes him away. And he just kind of floats away down this river. He's just, he's just floating, you know. He's somehow he's all those bullets and stuff, so he survived all that. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, he's just floating down the river. It's a nice little river riding scene. There he goes, folks. And he ends up in some kind of net. What's this? Why is the like back of his shirt sticking out? Um, and he climbs up out of the river and he's all weird looking I've definitely never seen this one or I have no memory of it if I have seen it but he arrives at some sort of strange like outpost or something and there's an old man with a parrot and the parrot's like squawking and like trying to warn him that this danger is near and the guy's like, be, be quiet, parrot. Yeah, there's nothing. And we get some neat first person shots here, too, which is really cool. You know, going back to kind of like, I think that was a real smart move to like go back to like the point of view of Michael Myers as he sort of stalks around and stuff. Who is this pirate? Why Why does he have like, where, where are we all of a sudden? Like, we're just out in the middle of the woods. Some weird cabin, some beret pirate guys out here with candles and parrots and stuff. Strange choice. The parrot's kind of making these weird sounds. Oh, and he goes back in his house and Myers attacks him, but then Myers passes out. And the guy's not like running away. He's not freaked out. He just like investigates the body. <laughs> it's okay. Um, some guy to try to strangle me and then he fell, fell asleep. Halloween Eve, one year later. All right, so we go one year later, Children's Clinic of Haddonfield, Illinois. It's pouring rain, absolute torrential downpour. Great shots, though, of the wind. Again, the wind, the dark, the light, the trees, like the moonlight, it's all key. Like, I'm really glad they kind of tried to come back to some of this stuff. So we see it looks like probably it's going to be Jamie laying in this hospital bed, kind of hooked up to some sort of brain activity monitor. And, and we're at it in a first-person view here again as we kind of enter into the hospital room to, to sort of check in on Jamie. And she's having nightmares and stuff of that night. 
when she murdered her mom, put the mask on with the scissors and went after her own mother. She's having these weird visions and dreams and stuff. She's just, yeah. So we see, we see that scene again too. We sort of see her stabbing her mom with the scissors and killing her. She wakes up screaming from this nightmare, just absolutely screaming, top of her lungs screaming, terrified, traumatized, almost like she's having a seizure. I thought her mom's. I thought her mom's dead. Why is she? Why is the nurse saying to call her mom? Oh, interesting. So, like, there's clearly some sort of connection. Oh, and apparently Michael Myers has some sort of tattoo on his wrist of like a triangle and a line. And as he opens his hand, Jamie is sort of opening and closing her hand as if there's some connection between the two of them. Oh, what is what is happening in this movie? And Jamie's kind of having a seizure. Parrot man. Oh, Michael Myers is woken up with the mask off. He's just a normal dude under there. He's not burned or anything. I thought he was like horribly burned in the last movie. What the hell? Oh, God. It's a chalk on the chalkboard. I can't. She starts scribbling something on a chalkboard. It's kind of squeaking and. She's sort of. It looks like she's somehow connected to him, which is kind of cool. And he puts the mask back on and walks over to the parrot guy and just murders him. Just just immediately just murders him. And Jamie's having a seizure as this is happening. The nurse is just screaming for help and they Oh, they, every another stretcher scene to start the film. They're just screaming and yelling, "Go, go, go! Help her! She's some, something's wrong." Jamie's just absolutely just like seizing on this stretcher, running down the stairs. It's a long way to go to get her to where they need to get her. <laughs> to wherever they're trying to get her up some stairs. There's no elevator in this place. That seems like an accessibility issue. That was a cool shot. Upside down as they walk, as they enter into like this the um, surgery room or whatever. Um, the camera kind of goes upside down for a second. That's kind of a neat shot. Oh, they're gonna do a tracheotomy? God, God. And then Loomis. Loomis pops in to stop them from doing the tracheotomy. And he's like, she's she doesn't need that. Man, Loomis is very soft spoken in this one. She has something to tell us. It's cool that Donald Pleasance is in like every one of these movies, though. Like, that's pretty neat. Kind of becomes like the main character in a lot of ways. Since we don't see Laurie Strode ever again until like H2O, I guess. 
Oh, cool. And um, her half-sister, her adopted sister, comes back too, it looks like. Does Jamie not talk and she has she lost her ability to speak? Oh my god, someone's banging on the window. Who's this? Oh, it's the dog, Max. She's excited to see the dog. And her friend climbs in through the window. So yeah, Max or uh, Jamie can't talk, so she has to use sign language. And they have some sort of dress for her. They're just having fun, you know. They're kind of excited to see each other, and they're trying to make her, you know, happy and entertain her a little bit. And she's had a tough year, Billy. Oh. Loomis comes in. Puts an end to that fun. There'll be no fun when, when Loomis is around. So wait, I'm I'm really did she not kill the mother? Oh, the window shatters. A jump scare. That's cool. Loomis goes over to investigate. It's a brick. Someone throws a brick in the window, and once it's there's a note attached to it. The note says, the evil child must die. Jesus. Okay, so she attacked her stepmother, didn't kill her. Okay. I like how Loomis tassels the hair of the of the scarecrow. Loomis is uh, interesting. Interesting take on Loomis this time around. Nice, walking down the street in Haddonfield. The farms party's always rock. Okay, remember, we're in 89 right now, right? So we're at, right at the turn of the century of into the 90s, so the 80s are almost over. So the dog it, it sort of starts barking. He, he sort of hears, he senses something in the bushes. What could it be? Is Michael Myers, I mean, he didn't go down the river that far, right? But that wasn't, wasn't that in, where was that? That was like a different, was that Haddonfield in the like, part four? I can't remember. Oh, yes, we're getting a classic like 80s music getting ready for the party scene. I love it. Oh, man. I love it. So she's just in the house, middle of the day, feeding the dog, wearing an oversized button-down shirt, getting ready to go on her trip and having fun 
And Michael Myers is just outside stalking around, peeking in through the windows like a creeper. It's crazy. And meanwhile, Jamie's having these visions. She's like kind of connected to him, I guess, in some kind of psychic way. This is kind of a Nightmare on Elm Street vibe to this movie, I think, too. Like, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of inspiration and influence from other popular horror films, you know, during this decade. And even the music that this sort of sounds a lot like this sort of Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. But all right, now she's in the shower, of course, right? We got to have somebody in the shower. And uh, Jamie's drawing like this creepy image on the wall. It's kind of a neat idea, kind of getting like this psychic filter of what Michael Myers is thinking or feeling or whatever in the in the moment through Jamie. It's kind of neat. Got to have the gratuitous nudity. So uh, you get that about 15 minutes in. That's that's pretty fast. Um but again, you know, like again, naked in the shower, vulnerable, right? Like it's a it's a vulnerability moment for sure. So Loomis calls Rachel. So Loomis is like, go check Max, and and Rachel's like, all right, whatever, Loomis. And she she concedes and she goes to check on the dog. She doesn't. She's not taking him seriously. Nobody ever takes Doctor Loomis seriously. Oh, brother Loomis, what a what a wacko! So she runs downstairs, you know, fresh out of the shower in her in her towel, and to check on the dog. I love how this is all just like broad daylight too, and Michael Myers is just like standing in the living room. Doors open, dog's gone. Now she's a little concerned, and there's Michael Myers, right behind her, just looming in the background like he always does. Kind of moment of quiet here, which is good to kind of build up. And as she she turns around, oh, that's cool. Like, we hear her exclaim. So he tells her to get out of there, go to the nearest side, get out of the house. So she runs out, telling everything. Michael Myers is just standing there watching her run. All right, so she escaped. She called the cops. She got a, 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 some clothes on. What? What is that? What is that music? What was that weird music? Are these cops supposed to be like comic relief? What the heck? That was a weird scene with the cops. That was very odd. The, the, the cop, there was some weird like circusy kind of funny music playing when the cops started to say their lines. Loomis is looming. It's strange how he's standing so. Jamie doesn't want anything to do with anybody. She's so clearly traumatized. 
Look at Loomis. He's so irritated all the time. He's just like an, an annoying dude. Like, kicks out the other kid, and he's just like, uh, throwing toys around. He's just annoyed all the time. This guy's like the worst psychiatrist. Maybe, maybe this is why Michael Myers was driven to all this murder. Dr. Loomis just drove him nuts. Look at the way he's like, he's like right in her face, yelling at her to draw right, please. Ah. Like, what the hell? This guy's. I've always thought Loomis is like a really weird character. Like, he's just not quite what you would expect, right? He's. They sort of play him up as like the protector hero, but he's kind of a jerk and he's kind of just like he doesn't care about anything except stopping Michael Myers at all costs. So wait a minute, you're telling me those idiot cops searched that whole house and they didn't find him in there? He's just hiding in the closet the whole time? That's ridiculous. So she goes into oh, he's just in the closet. He's just like behind the clothes in the closet, just hanging out in there. That's so creepy. Look at him just standing there. It must be interesting, like, for actors to play these scenes, like, knowing he's back there, but having to, like, pretend like he's they don't know he's there. I wonder, you know, it must be an interesting and sort of challenging thing for actors to do that. So he, he observes her for a moment, and then he just walks out of the closet. He hasn't, sh he hasn't chosen a moment to strike yet. It's good how they're building this up, though, you know, because she was the hero. She was the protagonist from the part four. And, you know, is she going to is she going to survive? Is she going to make it? Is, is he going to get her here? Like. And Max is barking again and now she's kind of concerned again. Oh, and we hear some glass break. And now she's like, what is going on here? I like how it's in the daytime, though, this all this like the first bit of this movie is it's cool. How it's like. You know, can you can because the first movie had a lot of daytime creepiness, right? And you know, can you do can you do scary in the daytime is a cool thing to think about, right? How how do you make the day seem more scary than than you might think it is? So she goes at, oh, and she finds a picture of Jamie, and there's like a bloody fist punch in the picture. Ah, uh, Michael Myers gets her with the scissors. All right, it's the same sheriff from the last movie. That's cool. So here we have the the Doctor Loomis, the Doctor Loomis talking about his experience with Michael Myers scene. You've never seen his eyes. He's the evil there. Look at my hand. Michael or Loomis's hand is just his hand is all burned up. That's a good line. I prayed that he would burn in hell, but in my heart I knew hell would not have him. That's a good line. Uh oh, something happened to the cemetery. Here comes Rachel's friend coming over with her cool 80s outfit. 
and all of her snacks and stuff for the trip. But, uh, yeah, it's not going to be good. Is she going to climb in through the window again like she did at the hospital? She just doesn't use doors. Chill out, Max. All right, so she finds the spare key and oh, but the door is already open. It's not even locked. What's going on here? So she enters the house and gets some cool first person stuff. What's the sound I'm hearing? Is it this music? Oh, it's a it's a it's a vinyl record stuck. She's eating some licorice or some Cheetos or something. Maybe a carrot. Looking for Rachel. She's so bubbly. And she's probably going to... That's that's a good shot too right there. Like with her neck like fully extended. Like peeking through the door. And just a little sliver of like pouring onto her face. That's good stuff. So she's looking... She's looking for Rachel, and she's probably about to find her. She goes into the room where Rachel got stabbed with the scissors and pauses and looks around and... picks up a teddy bear and lays on the bed with a weird clown. And she's just kind of laying on the bed, bored. We get some interesting little, an interesting little Halloween music trill there. But it's like on a weird little instrument. I'm not sure what it is. Like a. And then she notices, she notices the picture frame, and the it's cracked, and she notices the picture missing. The doorbell rings. She runs downstairs, excited, and uh, who's at the front door? No one. Uh-oh. Well, that can't be good. Ah! Jump scare. Who is it? And they're so excited. They have the whole house for themselves for the weekend. Sammy? That's her name. Sammy? So her friend's there, and her friend kind of scares her for a second. So they think Rachel has gone to the country club, to the cabin with her parents, but. So Myers is just, oh, he's just like in the front window. And the one friend kind of looks back for a second and she kind of sees him. She kind of, his arm is still there. He's kind of moving out of the window frame and she just ignores it, I guess, or she just doesn't really put it together, but. Man, and Jamie's really having a tough time. She's just, it's not good for her. I mean, she's just a little kid, right? She can't, she can't deal with what's going on. This does have, this is interesting. I don't know, like, again, it's just my David Lynch brain, but like, some of these scenes really remind me. This came out in 89. This was like the year before. This was right around the same time Twin Peaks was happening. 
like this woman reminds me of like of Laura Palmer, just the way she the, the blonde hair and sort of the way they're and then the other one kind of reminds me of Donna, like two young women kind of just walking down the street talking about all kinds of stuff. I don't know. I think the music too, it, I don't know, it's very Twin Peaksy to me, I don't know. Jeez, she says you can have the house to yourself, I like it in the car. And then, like, they should ban Halloween in this town. Yeah, it's not a good time of year. All right, and then we see a dude drive up in a convertible, and and she screams out Michael. So I guess this guy's name is Michael too. Oh boy, look at this guy! Oh my god, leather jacket, circle sunglasses. There's someone in the background that's kind of like walking around. He's just like in the tree. What's guy like? This guy's like the weird fawns. Oh, that's weird. Come on, Mikey. Let's go, Mikey. And they drive away, and he really floors it. Um, and Jamie, they keep cutting back to Jamie, who's struggling in the hospital, and eventually she kind of gets out of bed, and she walks around. She's really having a tough time. Uh, and she looks out her window and there's Michael Myers staring up at her from below. And she's like, no, he's here. This can't be happening. Um, Halloween theme comes up and she starts panicking, trying to hide, running around, running away. It's a great shot, too, of Myers out in the in the, you know, oh, my. And then there he is, like just coming in. She's, he's out silhouetted against that window of the hospital. He's trying to get in. That's a good shot too. But yeah, him outside the window, like down in the trees, and her looking down at him. Very, you know, very much a callback to the original film where, where Laurie looks out of her bedroom window and sees him down there. So Jamie is just, I don't know. Michael Myers is here in her. I mean, he's right here. He's chasing her through dark hallways, and she's just running, terrified. And there's all kinds of cool stuff: flashing lights and smoke happening, and sheets and shadows and. This is a good scene. I like the ripping sound of the, as he's tearing his knife through the through the fabric. This is good. Man, they she's ended up in some really dank place of this psychiatric hospital. Again, sort of the, going back to the Freddy Krueger vibe, right? They're in like the boiler room now, right? Like that's that's obviously the scariest place of all in the in any building. So Jamie tries to hide like up in the crawl space kind of. And this pursuer finds her and grabs her legs and it turns out it's not Michael Myers. It's it's the custodian. And a nurse finds her. And the nurse kind of embraces her. 
And again, Loomis confronts Jamie and is like, you got to help me. Oh, my God. He's like grabbing her legs and like. He's yelling at her, like, why are you protecting him? Oh, my God. He's like throwing stuff. He's scary as shit. Loomis is the worst, man. Like, he's terrible in this movie. He will not leave this little girl alone. My God. This is ridiculous, dude. Loomis is fucking awful. Like. No, you just tear. You're worse than he is. Man, that's messed up, dude. Loomis in this movie's messed up. He needs to chill. Oh, that's cool. It's the same like Vincent Drug set they used in the in the last one. That's it's a good good consistency there, continuity. Bus pulls up. Bunch of people getting off the bus. Oh my God, who is this getting off the bus? It's someone with silver tipped boots and a long trench coat. Oh <laughs> great. Can't wait. Can't wait to see who that is. All right. Once more, we have Loomis just like terrorizing the town of Haddonfield with his handgun, just walking around to various places, ready to shoot on sight. <laughs> Whoever he might think is Michael Myers. This guy is out of control. <laughs> All right. I'm not exactly sure where he is right now. Is it? Is it the Myers house? I don't know where he is. I, I get okay. This must be the house from part four. I'm guessing maybe where the where like a lot of this stuff happened. The sheriff's house, and from part four, I'm thinking maybe. I'm not exactly sure, but Loomis is walking around looking for Michael like he always is. Michael, are you here? So wait, this is this is this supposed to be the Myers house? Because that doesn't make any sense if it is. So Loomis is just sort of investigating this house, and he's looking in dust chutes and laundry chutes, and he's just looking around. I don't know. He's such an interesting character. Oh. And the, the silver shoed person is here too, lurking in the shadows. Who is this person? Oh, interesting. This silver shoed person has the same tattoo that Michael Myers has. Interesting. They're kind of 
developing the mythology of this a bit, I suppose. So Loomis flicks the light switch with his gun. Seems like a safe thing to do. Uh, and discovers that there is no electricity at the moment in this place that he's in, uh, which is like a creepy basement dungeon. Uh, and he starts to limp through there, uh, looking for whatever he's looking for, I guess, Myers. Uh, I can't believe he didn't hear the sound of the guy's clickety-clackety silver shoes a second ago. But yeah, he's back, you know, another another burnt boiler room, another furnace room. A creepy underground place. I, I am still a little confused about where he actually is right now, but. Oh, another jump scare. He opens the dust chute and a bunch of rats and stuff fall out of it. Dead stuff. <laughs> he starts cracking up. See, he's such an interesting character. Like he, he he gets he finds like joy in such the weirdest places. Like he has this moment of terror and uh, he starts laughing about it. Like it's funny. He's interesting. Meanwhile, Michael Myers is sort of stalking these two teenagers. Just kind of, he's just standing around in broad daylight wearing his mask. Nobody cares. Nobody's noticed. Like, the, literally the town that, like, all they think about is Michael Myers. Meanwhile, Mikey is, like, making love to his car over here with his red, velt, like, little cloth rubbing it down. Oh, ha! <laughs> they jump out and scare him. And he doesn't like it at all. He's like, it does scare me, guys. Bullshit, man. I'm too cool for that. I'm too cool for getting scared. And some other guy comes out of the convenience store. This is the other boyfriend character. Oh, the fuzz. Here comes the fuzz. Just wave to the cops. Yep. Oh, and he, he flicks him the bird. And they're talking about stealing some alcohol and party and hearty. All right. So we got the, we got the fawns. And the guy's like, touches his car, and he's like threatening him if he touches his car. This dude's a rebel, he's got his leather jacket on. He has like a red like cloth that he keeps in his pocket that he just like wipes his car with. They're kind of making fun of him a little bit though, so like, that's not cool. And then he like, flies out of the, <laughs> he like, what's he doing? He like flies out around the corner and then backs up into the parking lot, I guess, of the shop. All right, so they load up the car with beer. They're like ready to go. Michael Myers is just creeping around in the shadows in the background as always. Mikey looks at himself in the mirror and sees himself, but doesn't see Michael Myers right behind him. Oh. Michael Myers uses some sort of farm tool and just scratches the guy's car. He's so pissed. Mikey jumps out of the car. 
Michael Myers just grabs him by the throat. Oh, oh God. Oh, oh, he got him right in the face with like a, a three pronged like farm tool. Where did he get that from? Where did he get that thing from? He just smashes him in the face. with. Oh, God, well, that guy's out of the picture. He didn't last long. All right, it's the goblin costume pageant. Loomis is like limping around. Uh, I guess this is at the at the hospital. So Jamie's dressed as a princess, I guess. With complete with like weird makeup and everything. And then her friend's got like a pirate costume. I think I had that costume when I was a kid, actually. He gives her some flowers. Oh. Oh, and he's got a little bracelet too. Oh, and he gives it to Jamie. Oh, he says it's good luck. Oh, and she gives him a little kiss. Oh, the youthful innocence of the children. Again, I'll, I'll make this this observation again. I think one of the most interesting components of the Halloween films is sort of the generational aspect of it. Right? There's, it's like how it's like the um, the kids dealing with their own fear and terror and trauma, the teenagers and how they deal with fear, terror, trauma, and the adults and how they deal with fear, terror, trauma. All right, now we get another shot of this mysterious cigarette-smoking steel-toe dude. Uh, so now it looks like Mikey's car or whatever pulls up in front of the house. And it's honking the horn. I guess, is Michael Myers driving this car? What the hell? He's doing all kinds of stuff in this movie. Um, so he's in the car, I guess, now driving it or whatever. Although I guess that makes sense. I mean, he did have a thoughtfulness about him in the original film, right? He put on the like ghost costume, right? And kind of sneaked up into the bedroom. So like he does this kind of stuff. Jamie's kind of not feeling it. She's kind of getting some premonitions. And I forget, I forget the woman's name, but she's, she bounces out of her house all dressed up in her costume and she looks in the car it's funny because the guy's name is Mikey, right? And she's like, Michael, open the door. <clears throat> she's like, come on, Michael, open the door. And, you know, of course, we know as the audience that it's Michael Myers in there. So finally, he opens the door. And she gets in. I guess she can't really see him at this point in the dark. I don't know. Yeah, he's still... Oh, God. Oh, God. So he's got another a new mask on now, and it's like a really creepy-faced old barbarian mask. And she says to him, I love barbaric men. So we see Michael Myers here in like a different mask. And she's asking him for a kiss. This is a good scene. Like, this is interesting, because like, he's got a different mask on, which is not something that we usually see. We hear the breathing, though. And she's just like flirting a little bit with them and Jamie's kind of freaking out a little bit and they keep cutting back and forth to like this scene in the car to Jamie, the scene in the car, Jamie, the face, the mask that Michael Myers is wearing is really weird and creepy. And the woman, gosh, sorry, I can't remember her name, but she, maybe Julie or something, she kisses the mask and there's like no reaction. And she notices his hands like gripping the wheel really tightly. 
Maybe she's starting to get a little nervous. Jamie's kind of having a seizure. I think she might fall off the balcony. Yeah, Jamie starts freaking out. The car tears away. Loomis and the parents rush up to help Jamie. She kind of faints. And in the street, we just observe this steel-toed stranger with this long black trench coat and like cowboy hat observing all this. Observing the car with Michael Myers in it. He just lets him go. Interesting, weird, like, it's almost like they had to overdub the dialogue there. She asks him to stop, and he just keeps going. And she, she's starting to get mad. She's, like, kind of yelling at him, and he's... So then he just, he just slams on the brakes, like, angrily. At this point, I'd be like, what, what's going on here? And then he, like, backs up into the... Somewhere, I don't know. Michael Myers apparently is a pretty good driver. He nailed that parking job right there. Psycho boyfriend, she says, and he kind of looks over with this weird mess. This movie's interesting. It's an interesting kind of different take on Michael Myers' character a little. So once more, Loomis immediately comes up and is like screaming in her face like, Where is she? Is she in danger? Jamie, tell me where she is. Tina is her name? So Loomis calls... For the cops and Jamie's trying. She says the word store. <laughs> Look at this sign on the. <laughs> this giant cookie sign. <laughs> what is it? Like, that's really what they went with? This giant woman's, like, cookie breasts on the side? Wow. Giant cookies, a real treat. What the hell is that? <laughs> cookie woman. <laughs> the guy immediately is like, Neil's gas station, 5th and Main. It's got that woman with the giant breasts on the side of the door. <laughs> what the shit is that? That's ridiculous. Oh, my God. It's so insane. Uh, all right, so now we... Now Myers dons his his real mask and uh Tina, is it Tina comes out of the store with her cigarettes and walks back over to the car and we hear a cop a police siren in the background and yeah, Tina. So so the police show up just in time and Michael Myers is just sitting in the car watching all this and they arrive and they tell her to stay where she is. And the police take her and tell her they got to come with us. Jamie, all right. So they don't tell her anything as usual. It's like, get in the car, man. We can't explain. We have, there's no time to explain. And she she runs over and and the mic is gone and the car is gone and he's out of there. Nobody, so nobody even noticed. Like all, There's like a thousand cops here at this gas station and no one noticed that that car had Michael Myers in it. Wow. So they put Tina in the car and bring her over to the hospital to see Jamie and Dr. Loomis. Dr. Loomis. Tina. And Jamie's very relieved to see her alive, as is Dr. Loomis. I 
Oh, and like this is like the first time she's heard Jamie say her name and she's really excited and there's a lot of like there's a lot of like human moments in this. There's a lot of like character moments, which is interesting. You know, it's and Tina's like, I gotta go. <laughs> when you get older, there's people that will make you feel connected. <laughs> And Tina is, or uh, Jamie is like fully speaking now. And she's trying to, she's trying to warn Tina and Tina's not listening. She's like, Tina, don't go. She's trying to tell her and she's just not listening at all. And like none of the adults are helping either. Loomis, you think Loomis would be like, uh. And so Tina's kind of confronting Loomis. Loomis is like, stay the night. And she's like, no, you're creeping me out. You're creeping out Jamie too. And so she she storms out and, and she's not listening. And Loomis is trying to get her to stay. And he tells the cops to stop her. And they're like, stop her for what? So they let her go. They're like, Loomis is like, follow her then. If that girl dies tonight. And then this cops are like, all right, Doc, we'll, we'll follow her. Sure, why not? We got nothing better to do. <laughs> you guys supposed to be trailing me? All right, so she asked them for a ride to the tower place. And Jamie's friend is like peeking out the window. All right, what else is going on around here right now? Kind of slow. What are we at? We're almost at an hour. I guess like the. It hasn't really kicked off yet, but like, it's okay. So Myers is kind of like still driving around in Mike's car and she's following the cops. Jamie's very concerned. And then we, we see this shadowy loner again, just outside of Jamie's house now, like with his cowboy boots clicking as he walks. They can't find Jamie. Loomis just starts grabbing kids. He's just like grabbing kids. Is that Jamie? Jamie's gone. She's gone from here. He's all pissed. Loomis is kind of, I've been saying this the whole time. He's like out of control. He's like a crazy character. <laughs> the, the two kids bumped into each other outside and uh, we get the little like sound cue of this jump scare. All right. So Jamie's friend tells her that Tina is at the tower farm. Having a, and they're having an awesome Halloween party. Pure 80s Halloween party. I love it. Got all kinds of costumes. You got devil costumes. You got cowboys. You got all kinds of nonsense. It looks fun, actually. It'd be a fun party. The cops are outside just hanging around, dorking around in their car. The guy's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then they observe Michael Myers pull up. They like are literally just staring at him and he kind of pulls up and drives on and they're like, what do you think that was all about? Uh, these cops are kind of idiots. Crazy eights. So Myers is now at the party and he's skulking around outside the windows like he likes to do in the shadows and looking in and just kind of scouting the scene out. 
he observes the people dancing and having a good time, and he's just... We get a shot from the outside, and then the camera takes us inside, and then, uh, you know... People are just dancing, having fun, joking around. Cops are outside. We get a lot of cool, we get a lot of like shots back and forth around to all the sorts of different things. The cops are playing crazy eights. And... The days before technology and cell phones. Oh God. And now we got people running, screaming out. Oh man. So that they put together this little fake fake scene of like a Halloween prank on the cops. The cops are mad. Like so the the, the friend dresses up as Michael Myers and pretends to chase the two girls out into the yard and the cops react with their guns out and they're like not they're not at all happy about this. Um Again, I think it's interesting in this movie like that My- Michael Myers is is a thing in the town, right? Like, like there are Michael Myers masks and people know who Michael Myers is and they know about his knife thing and they know about his mask and what he wears and stuff. It's like, that's interesting that that's kind of like a meta thing, right? Like scream kind of plays on that too, a little bit later, like where, where the town like Ghostface, like in scream has a reputation in the town. And so that becomes part of the show, part of the movie. Same thing with this, like Michael Myers, the mythology of him, his history and what he's done is part of the town. People know about him. Um, so you see people dressed up as him and it's it's kind of an interesting meta thing. So now they're in the barn, the two girls, the two women and the, and the guy, um, Tina, her friend, and I don't know the other guy's name, but they're in the barn. They're, I guess they're chasing like a cat or something. Nah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> how do we get the kids into the barn? Well, have them chase a cat. Oh, they find a whole, uh, wow, a whole litter of kittens. Okay. And they're just chasing around. And of course, Michael Myers is also in the barn. We see his shadowy figure up in the in the shadows. And he's he's sort of stalking Tina still. And Tina's chasing this little cat around. And this, the lighting is cool in this scene. You know, it's very, very dark. It's just all black, except for where the moonlight is kind of coming in. That's good. Uh, very quiet. You hear crickets and stuff. She's kind of creeping through the barn and uh, she notices the door is open. She closes it. And she's kind of still like following the cat and the music kind of kicks up a little bit here and nice shot of her eyes illuminated by the moonlight there. I like I like when they do that. We see some, some sort of sh- dusky shafts of light and straw on the floor and Tina's kind of crouched down looking for the cat. We get a we get a close up of her face here. And then a little bit of movement in the shadows like Michael Myers is just kind of right there just in the shadows and Tina's kind of feeling the ground and then all of a sudden a rat. No, a cat. The cat. I thought it was a rat. <laughs> it was a cat. We get a little jump scare with the music. Cat jumps out and touches her hand and she runs off. And then she hears kind of like a bottle. And she turns around and she sees like a figure, a shape, if you will, kind of move through the shadows. <laughs> what am I doing? I hate cats, she says. What are you doing then?
another music cue and she's startled. There's like hay bales and shovels and farm equipment all around and she's just kind of wandering through the barn still looking for her friends now. Ah, then a hay bale falls down and it's her goofy friend up there scaring her with a hay bale. So the friends scare her and she's like, I hate you guys. And, uh, All right, and they're all they let all all of them let their guard down a little bit, and they're like, oh, okay, that was a fun scare. And they go back to the box of kittens, and they're just like, hi, kit. Well, like, they're really obsessed with these kittens. All right, so Tina leaves, and the two the other two stay behind, presumably to uh, you know do whatever they're gonna do. These little there's a lot of scenes of like playing with the kittens in this. Spitz, the guy's name is Spitz. Spence? Spitz? Uh, she's like calling out to the guy and she's like... Oh, she, that's that's interesting. They show a foot stepping on like a piece of wood that makes a creak sound. We don't usually see the creaking sound. What causes the creaking sound that always alerts the people. So we, we see the cause of the creak sound. And now we have the other woman literally going through like the same path that Tina just went through. Through the barn. And she thinks it's her boyfriend or whatever. And he's like playing hide and seek with her, but, and it might be, but there's like two people in here and we don't know who's who really because they're both kind of dressed similarly. It's kind of a neat idea. Kind of cool. I do like the motif here. I like the, hey, the, like the barn setting is cool and like, it's kind of spooky barn, you know, it's kind of a classic kind of Halloween thing, like a farm, right? Like a barn, a, a haunted trail or something. Um Oh, and someone grabs her leg as she tries to climb through the fence, and she thinks it's a funny thing, and she thinks it's Spitz, or whatever his name is, but I don't think it is. Spitz. Oh, and it's not Spitz, it's actually Michael Ma Oh, no, it is Spitz. Oh, they faked me out on that one, too. How many fake-outs are they going to do in this barn? How many times, how many times is this guy going to prank people? So he pretends to like stab her to death and we hear the music and we really think it's actually Michael Myers. And so then he like takes off the mask and it's actually spits and then they start kissing and making out and stuff. Um, and then meanwhile, Jamie and her friend are running through the streets in the middle of the night trying to get to the barn place because that they know that Tina's in trouble. And they're like hiding behind trees from the police car and stuff. And the cops are looking for him and they're just very easy, easily evading the police. <laughs> All right, we're about an hour into this movie now. And, uh, you know, the kids are kind of dashing off through the night meanwhile spits and the woman dressed as the devil are just kind of like kissing in the hay I, I don't know how that would be nice I, hay is like really scratchy and hard and it would like be poking it I don't, I don't know why that is like a motif i feel like it would be really uncomfortable to to make out in the hay bale but um yeah plus why is it so smoky in this barn there's like a lot of smoke it's like the most smoky foggy barn i've ever seen um so Spitz takes off his shirt. And he starts derobing de his, his friend here. You get some, some moaning sounds of the, the joys of the flesh. Um, and they're just kind of making out and stuff and, you know. undoes the little ribbon on her costume and stuff. I think the whole time here, we're just like thinking like, when is, when is this going to go sat? Like, you know, well, 
when is this guy? I said, when is going to go south? No pun intended. Um, but like, uh, you know, when is when is it going to turn into, you know, it, like that moment of like joy and pleasure and sex and life into death? Um, and, you know, again, I have some theories about why there's always sex in horror movies, but it's that like life drive, sex drive stuff. And she says, no, I don't have anything. And he brought a condom. So that's good. Safe sex. Good job, guys. Um, I'm glad that it's not like could have been a lot worse. As far as tropes and films go. So that's good. So that's good. Promoting that. So they begin to like this is actually a pretty like elongated sex scene like that. Usually we don't see this level of sex in these movies. So that's an interesting change, too. Um uh, and then we just see Michael Myers like burnt, withered hand, and he picks up a pitchfork just in the other room beside them. And they're just like completely going at it at this point. Oh, good God. That's brutal. Oh, God, that's. So he stabs the guy through the back with a pitchfork and he just blood everywhere all over the girl, all over the woman and like. And then now Michael Myers has a scythe and she's just like bloody and it's like, oh, it's really, oh God, she rips the pitchfork out of her boyfriend's back and she's going to like try to fight Michael Myers. So that's cool. She like goes after him a little bit and he just grabs the thing. Oh. And we see just like the scythe go across and we see a splash of blood and that's all we get. And the cops are like, that sounded different. And the cops look back at the barn and and they see Michael Myers now, the real Michael Myers, and they're like, get over here, jerk off. And what do you And they tell him to put that to put that pitchfork down. The cops are like, I'm through fooling around. You put that pitchfork down. Someone's gonna get hurt. And then we cut back to the party. There's like a interesting people at the party. There's like a weird rat man in this party. It looks really bizarre. So all the kids run out of the house and they start leaving. They're going somewhere else. Oh, man. Life in the 80s without cell phones must have just been fun. You didn't have to worry about anything. Except Michael Myers coming after with you after you with a scythe, I guess. All right. Meanwhile, the, these like 10 year old kids are like charging through a, a, a field in the middle of the night. <laughs> All right. So Tina goes to the barn to find her friends and uh, she can't find them. She's like, where are they, guys? You guys, where are you? They're dead. They're dead, Tina. Sorry. <laughs> She's like, I don't hear any noise. Are you sure you're doing it right? And now she's a little concerned. There's some creaking noises. And they're all going to go skinny dipping at the at the spring, apparently. Oh, she sees the kitten and the kitten is covered in blood, like just covered in blood. And she's like, what happened to this kitten? It's like covered in blood and now there's blood all over me. 
And there's a bloody scythe right here. A scythe. Oh my god! And then the bodies of her two friends just like tumble down on top of her. And she's just screaming, running, oh my god, somebody help me. Uh, she's just like, no, everybody's gone, they're all leaving, they're all driving away. She's just like losing her mind. Please help me! She runs over to the cop car. And she's like, please, officers, oh, but they're both dead too. They're gone, they're, they're done. They just, their heads lumber out of the car, stabbed in the neck. Oh, everybody's dead. It's a massacre. All right, Tina's just running through the night. She looks over, she sees Mikey's car, and she's like, oh, Mike, you gotta help me, Mike. And the kids finally show up, and they're like, Tina, get out of there! Oh, and the car blasts to life, the headlights coursing through the darkness, and it starts driving after her, chasing her. There was a whole, like, thing in the 80s with, like, movies with, like, cars that, like, like, didn't Stephen King have a, a book uh, about Christine, right, about a killer car that kind of, like, I don't know, there's a thing. So the car is kind of running her down, she's, she's running away. The kids are screaming to leave her alone, and she's just running. And then they stop. And they stop in a field, and Tina looks over and sees the two kids. And the kids pull Michael Myers' attention away from Tina, and now he's chasing down the kids. Oh, Jamie's little friend is going to get run over. Oh, God. No! Oh, he jumps out of the way at the last second. Good job, kid. What's his name? Billy? All right, and now the car is chasing Jamie through the field. This is a cool scene. It's like foggy in the nighttime, and the car is just like chasing her. She runs into like a tree. It's cool we're getting like the um, the first person view of the car now, right? Like that's, that's neat um, since Myers is in the car. And Jamie kind of runs into the forest being chased by the car. It's a cool shot. It's good. Billy is like, <laughs> Tina just leaves Billy in the tall grass. He's like, just like having a panic attack. And, and the car is just chasing her through the woods. Tina's just screaming, leave her alone, leave her alone. Jamie's just running through the woods. He's relentless, man. Michael Myers is relentless, dude. He just won't stop. He needs to stop. He just, I don't know why he's so obsessed with killing his family so much. Like he just needs to chill the F out. Hopefully it all ends next Friday on Halloween ends when that comes out. <laughs> oh my God. So the car like smashes into a tree and like explodes in a very way bigger explosion than should have happened if a car smashed into a tree. But Jamie's kind of a little bit beat up at this point. The car is like horns blaring on fire, like singed stuff everywhere. And she's like, it's finally over. Her friend Billy like wakes up in the tall grass. Tina's just sitting there watching some stuff. And they're like, it's over, guys. We survived. Michael Myers is finally dead. And she's like, come here, Jamie. We're good. We, we survived. You did it. We get the alarm, like the horn blaring, like the alarm. I've mentioned like the alarm imagery before. And then the horn stops blaring. And we see Michael Myers. We see it's cool. We see them. We see him in the car. And then he just gets out. He just is fine. He's fine. He's fine, guys. Don't worry. You can't kill him. Oh, what's this Billy like get his mouth cut open or something? The mask looks interesting in this one, too. It's a little different in this movie, but this is a great shot. 
low angle of Jamie creeping on the ground. Like she's kind of crawling away from him and he's just slowly stalking towards her, looming over top of him, like, or over top of her with his knife and the mask, like closing in, you know? Jamie's just screaming, no, 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 please, no. And then Tina jumps in and kind of throws herself at Michael Myers and she gets, ah, she gets stabbed in the shoulder. Uh, Oh, God, the knife is just goopy blood. It's not dead, but stabbed in the shoulder, not doing well. Billy grabs Tina and they they get out of there and, and, or sorry, Billy grabs uh, Jamie and they, they run out of there and Tina's just kind of left laying on the floor. And Myers is just kind of standing there, and now he's going to continue to chase Jamie. And Jamie is just like beside herself, distraught. You know, she's, you know, Tina's dead, and and we see, or she thinks she's dead, and then we see Michael Myers, or we see somebody right behind him. Oh, of course it's Loomis. Of course it's Loomis. Hey kids, I followed you into the woods. Here I am. Somehow, magically, I appeared. Even though I can barely walk. So Loomis finds the kids in the woods. He gets them. The cavalry shows up with the cops and stuff. And they all, they, they take the kids in their arms and they, they get back to the police cars and they kind of retreat. Um, and they say, go find the other the other girl, go find the other woman. Um, it's Sheriff, Sheriff Meeker, right? Has Jamie in her arms. And they bring Tina out on a stretcher, and uh, I can't tell if she's dead or not. It looks, she looks dead. She looks dead. Loomis, he's such a dick. He comes over to Jamie, and he's like, now, now will you help me, kid, now that your friend's dead? And Jamie's like, if you kill him, you have to kill him. So she agrees to help. And Loomis is like, finally, he just smiles and walks away. <laughs> like, I, I finally got what I wanted. He sucks. He's just, he sucks. I'm sorry. What the hell is wrong with him? <laughs> All right. The cops and the ambulance and everything rolls off, leaving Loomis there by himself. With his Volvo. And he's talking into the woods now. Michael, it will destroy you too one day. Michael. This rage. Which drives you. You think if you kill them all, it'll go away? But it won't, he says. We see Michael Myers in the woods. And Loomis is telling him, He's telling him you have to fight it in the place where it's the strongest, where it all began. He tells him, he shouts, go home, Michael. Go home, go to your house. I'll be there waiting for you. Interesting. He just sort of tells Michael Myers to go back home to his house and we'll all be waiting for you there. 
Is this his house? This is not his house. Like, to, like I don't know. That's confusing to me. They they clearly changed the house, I guess, for these movies or something. So Jamie's combing her hair up in the bedroom, and yeah, I guess this is the Myers house now. But that's a little bit uh, confusing because the house was such a important part of the show before or the movie before, and like I don't know to change the house like that seems maybe they just couldn't film at that house anymore. So they're kind of just like waiting for him to show up. You know, they kind of have set a trap for him, I guess. And and now they're just waiting for him to come. And like, they have like a sniper in the bushes. Like, didn't they do this? They have like a full, like, who are these guys? They're in like army fatigues. They're like the, they're like the guys from Predator. Relax, Loomis, this is my operation. All right, so like, didn't they do this in the last movie? They like hunkered down in a house, prepared for the fight, and then they all ended up dead anyway. Hey, it's the guy from Ace Ventura. Roger Pedactor. This guy, that's cool. He's he's he was he does a lot of stuff after this actually. A flash. So let's practice our signal. The signal is bang three times with your comb. So this guy is just like hiding, I guess. And the idea is like, she, like Jamie is just like bait. And Michael Myers is going to come in and he's going to shoot him. All right. She's, she starts having a little vision or something. And I like the old fashioned like oil lamp she has there too. It's just creepy. Oh, look at that symbol on the wall. Isn't that the symbol that, that is on is tattooed on Meyer's hand? And what about this? What about this mysterious steel-toed guy? Did we forget about him? Where's where's he at? What's his deal? So Alright, so they're using Jamie to kind of figure out where Michael Myers is. Alright, so something's going on at the clinic. She, he Meeker offers all mobile units to go to the clinic and the the art the, the, like every single soldier rushes out of the buyer's house <laughs> like they all just oh my god it's like it's like a full-blown SWAT team like I think I saw like like I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger in there I think I, I definitely saw like the whole cast of the predator run out of the house a lot of dudes with mustaches um so they leave Loomis and that one guy up in the bedroom with Jamie and then Jamie. And Loomis just like throws his walkie-talkie in the bushes. He's just like, he's, he's so incredulous. It's ridiculous. It's hilarious. It's a lot of, a lot of police cars flying around in this movie. So Loomis kind of is on to the game here, right? He 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 says, "Now you'll come, Michael." Like he knows Michael's not gonna. He knows it's all. A, it's a it's a it's a feint at the at the clinic, but Loomis is ready. What the hell are you doing?
So he locks he locks them in the room. Charlie. So there's a car approaching and the cop outside gets hit by the cop car outside and he So so my, Michael Myers just just brutally murders this cop, punches through the window. And they hear the cop getting killed on the radio and they're just like, yeah, all right. So he's here. He's right, he's right outside. Jamie's having a panic attack. She's good. This actress is really good. This kid, I, you know, she has the eyes. She just, her eyes really do a lot of work. Loomis, Loomis destroys the radio, pulls a gun on the cop. And he says, Charlie. Loomis is kind of like, he's kind of lost his mind a little bit at this point. He's like, Michael Myers is outside, Charlie. Loomis is like, I don't know. He's interesting. He's kind of gone crazy a little bit. He says for the cop to stay with Jamie. And Loomis leaves them in the bedroom. And Loomis is going to go finish this himself. He's had enough of this nonsense. He's going to go stop Michael Myers himself. Enough is enough, right? Am I right, folks? Enough is enough. So the, the cop dude puts a chair against the door. That, that's always a classic. We get the first person breathing and Michael Myers creeping into the house. This is good, though. I like this. This is a cool scene. I like that it comes down to Loomis and, and Myers. I, I I really had forgotten that like Laurie Strode, like Jamie Lee Curtis's character is hardly even in any of these movies besides the first two. Uh, and there's Myers in the doorway behind Loomis. And, and he knows he's there. You've come back to us, Michael. And Michael's just kind of like watching him with his creepy mask in the doorway. Loomis, I think you know Loomis is kind of leading him through the house a little bit here, and pretending like he's kind of looking. He's always just back behind people. He's just watching behind people. There's a lot of reverb on their vocals. Loomis goes right up to him. She can stop the rage. Jamie can stop the rage. Interesting that they're just having like a conversation here. This is a cool scene. Like Loomis is just like talking to him. Loomis is like trying to help him. And Michael's like listening to him, which is interesting too. Interesting. I don't know about this though. Like humanizing him this way. I don't know. Uh, he slashes Loomis across the chest, thrashes him through a window and tosses him off the balcony. 
Loomis tried. He tried his best. He tried his best to reason with him. Didn't work. This is his last ditch effort. He's tried everything else. All right, so Charlie's getting him out of the bedroom. He's got a rope. He's going to try to get him out of there. Loomis is like bloodied and just bleeding out. Michael Myers is coming up the room. You know, he's coming. <laughs> he, chucks, he hooks the rope up to the damn window frame and it just rips the window frame off. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh my God. That's, that's, I wonder if, I wonder if that was part of the script or if, if that just like happened when they were doing this scene. It's hilarious. Oh, the knife in the door. Here's Johnny. Oh, it is a here's Johnny. Charlie starts shooting Michael Myers. He hits him a couple of times. Michael Myers kind of falls out of the door frame. Has Charlie been briefed on the fact that you can't kill the guy with bullets? Like, does he know this? And does Loomis ever bother to tell? No, Loomis. Yep. And then Michael Myers immediately just busts through the door, just starts punching Charlie's face down. He's just beating down Charlie, the cop. Jamie runs out of there while he's distracted. I don't think Charlie's going to make it. Oh, he takes the rope that Charlie was about to go out on. and Oh, he hangs him out the window on it. Oh, that's that's terrible. Yikes. Meanwhile, they're evacuating the clinic, even though there's no threat there whatsoever at all. But they sent literally every cop in the city to the clinic. Everyone's dead. at the. Oh, well, OK, everyone's dead. So, Michael, I guess he's already been to the clinic and killed everybody? All right, so this, now now it's just Jamie and, and Michael Myers left, really, at this point. So let's see how this plays out. Really nice cinematography, though, in this. Like, the light coming in through the windows and the smoke and kind of the, the, the mist and stuff and the all the overgrown, like, bushes and trees in the house. Oh, interesting. Didn't Loomis look down this this when he came in and looked at this place? Was that in the last movie or was that in this one? At some point, Loomis, when he's investigating the house, he like looks in the laundry chute. And now we see now we have Jamie like going down the laundry chute to escape Michael Myers. That's a great shot, too, of the door just like violently smashing in and out as Myers is trying to to get in. Is she just going to hide in there or is she going to go down? I think she's just going to hide in there. Oh, that's cool. So she hides in the... This is great. This is a really good scene. She's like saying, please, God, don't let him get me. And so Michael Myers is in the room now, and he's just got the knife, waist height, you know, and he's just kind of looking around. I love the pacing here. This is actually good. I actually like this one. The pacing's really good. It's very reminiscent of the first film. A lot of, like, moonlight shots. You know, he goes right over to the laundry chute, opens it, And she's just right there, and he's like, there she is. Uh, that's a great shot. And he tries to grab her down the laundry chute, and she she goes down, lands at the bottom, but it's closed. Didn't, didn't, did Loomis close it before? I can't remember. So now she's basically trapped in the laundry chute. She can't get out, and Michael Myers is now just making his way down to the basement, and that's going to be it. This is a great moment. 
we just hear the breathing and the footsteps and it's totally silent and we see moonlight just shining in on the laundry chute and he just slowly makes his way over to it and she's right there we cut back and forth to Jamie to Myers Jamie to Myers and she's just kind of breathing and he kind of looks at the chute for a second and reaches to open it and he starts trying to open it and he can't open it why can't he open it that's a, that's a little i don't know so he, he starts to stab it <laughs> he's trying to pry it open with his with his knife Oh, and that's a good shot too of Jamie just screaming and the quick the quick pan down from the top. All right, so she tries to climb up now and he's reaching up from below trying to get her and he just can't quite get to her, so he starts stabbing up there and she's just totally screaming her mind out. This is good though, like really interesting camera work in this scene too, like the quick zoom ins and zoom outs. It's, there's you know the claustrophobic uh, element of Jamie being stuck in the laundry chute. It's really really good. Like this is good. This is this is pretty scary shit. And now he's just stabbing through the stabbing through the metal trying to get her. Oh, she steps on the knife and uses the knife to boost herself up the chute. That's amazing. And she's just trying to climb back up. And she she makes it. She makes it up somehow. Well, that seems like a long way, but um, we see Michael Myers' head poking in down below, looking up, and what a scene! All right, and the police are racing back to the house now. That's a good scene. Like I really dig that. That was good. I was really impressed by that. All right, so Jamie's injured. She's kind of limping. She's trying to escape, trying to get out. Myers is in the basement, coming back up. She knows he's coming, so she's trying to escape. This is good stuff. This this actress is really excellent. I keep saying that, but she's really doing a good job in this movie. You can definitely feel like the Nightmare on Elm Street vibes for sure, though, throughout this. Like, I don't know, it just has that kind of vibe to it. You know, Nightmare on Elm Street was a big deal in the 80s, and and you can just feel the influence a little bit. So she heads up to the attic and and notices, like, something's going on in the of course there's like a really creepy old-timey wheelchair up there from like 1825 of course there is um and all these bizarre candles are lit and all kinds of weird stuff's going on up in the attic um oh and here's the coffin that loomis referenced earlier that the child-sized coffin so michael myers has prepared some kind of Oh, God, there's a dead dog hanging up. Oh, God, there's a dead Mikey hanging up there. Oh, God, all these dead bodies up here. Rachel, oh, Rachel, her sister is there. Oh, that's really sad. She sees Rachel's dead body, and she's just like, why? No, she's gone. Um, so so she, she's found herself up in this, like, horrible place, and she hears Michael Myers coming, and she's just like Rachel help me Rachel can't help you she's dead and and this looks like it all right like there's a coffin there's a picture of her in the coffin Myers is in the room with her now 
She climbs into the coffin. And Michael Myers looks at her. Or does he... He sees her, right? Like, yeah. So he goes right over to her and he's about to just stab her. And she just kind of, I guess she's just kind of given up. Oh, she calls him uncle. She calls him uncle and then she calls him boogeyman. And that makes him stop for a second. She says, let me see. And he takes off the mask. She says, you're just like me. Oh, a tear? A tear from Mike from Michael Myers. And Jamie wipes the tear. And in that moment, he kind of falls back and she escapes again and she runs off and he, he's pissed. He, he's interested. It's interesting. That's an interesting moment. And she's, she runs into Loomis, who's still alive. Oh, Michael Myers at the top of the stairs. Loomis is nuts. He's lost his mind. You wonder, here she is. Come and get her. Come and get her, he says. He's hold, he's holding Jamie up like a damn prize. He's lost his he's lost his ever loving shit. So he's luring him somewhere, right? Loomis is like batshit crazy at this point. He's lost his mind. He's backing her up, backing up. Oh, oh, he springs the trap. Dart gun, tranquilizer, net made of metal. He's got Michael Myers in this net. It's not stopping him, though. It's not stopping him, Loomis. You got to get him with that trank gun. He hit him like six times with that trank gun. He's Nothing's working. Oh, it's not working. It's not working, Loomis. What else you got? Grabs a board off of the window and starts smashing him with it. It's a good scene, though. Loomis just like whacking Michael Myers with a board. Oh, get nice. We get a little first person shot there from inside the chain net. <laughs> die, die, die. He's just. Donald Pleasance is awesomely horrible in this. He's just screaming, die, 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 die. Interesting. He kind of becomes, he kind of becomes the killer in a way, right? Like, I don't know, right? His madness. All right. And he, he drops down face to face with him, like on top of him, like 
like he's going to kiss him. You know, like he's that close to his mouth and his face. And Loomis just lays on top of him. And is Loomis, is that it for him? Is he dead at this point? All right, the cops have arrived and he's not dead. They arrested him. They're going to take him to a max security facility till the day he dies. And Jamie says he won't die. Take her back to the clinic. She's had enough. Take her back to that clinic where everyone's dead. And there's Michael Myers. They leave his mask. What the hell? They leave his mask on. Oh, and here's the boot guy. Who is the boot guy? He's now at the police station. I forgot about the boot guy. Interesting. So we hear the clanky clank of his boots and he's, that's a creepy shot of like him just walking through the shadows. Very exorcist. All right. So Jamie and a police officer leave and they get in the car. Oh, and then we hear an explosion from inside the police station. We see smoke and fire. We hear bullets. Oh, my. It seems the, the loner stranger has, has gone into the police station and just started shooting. We hear all kinds of gunfire. The cop says, wait in the car. Jamie immediately leaves the car. Don't, don't yeah, you trust you. You should just trust yourself. You're surviving better than everybody else. Um, and now it's just like dark in the police station. No sound, no lights. Jamie just goes in and she's just like, what the hell is going on? Another scene of massacred. Everyone's dead, right? All the cops are dead. It's terrible. Oh, they're just massacred. It's just blood on the walls, dead bodies everywhere. What's what's happened here? What's going on here? And she kind of makes her way back into the the bowels of the police station. And it's just it's just an absolute massacre. There's just blood everywhere. And the cell door is like on fire and blown open from like explosives or something. And she gets a little bit closer, peers inside. And she's just crying, just totally traumatized, just beside herself. And yeah, every, you know, every, everyone's gone. Myers is gone. And she's just like, no, 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 no. Great ending. I love that. Like, that's so cool that they, we have no fucking clue who that steel toe black trench coat cowboy character is. And like, I think that's amazing. Like, what a good ending. Like, it just leaves you wanting more. Like, is that some, like, who is that? And what happened to Michael Myers? And where did they go? And, you know, what happened to Loomis? Did Loomis die? We don't know. I like there's a lot of unanswered questions at the end of that one. So, yeah. 
That one was really good. I actually thought that one was cool. Like different vibe, you know, kind of a different kind of vibe with Michael Myers, but a lot of really good scenes in there. A lot of great darkly lit moments and scary stuff. And like, yeah, like I thought that was really, really good. And, you know, I it had a weird vibe to it, you know, like I don't know, almost like a some kind of like voodoo vibe or something, but like that was really cool. So, yeah, nice. Um I hope you liked that one as well. And uh, let's see, where do we go from here? Um, So obviously we'll go to part six uh, next time. And part six is going to be the curse of Michael Myers. So we didn't get another Michael Myers film until 1995. So, uh, you know, about six years passed between this one and the next one. So we'll see if, if it picks up with, with some of these unanswered questions. I don't remember part six at all, but uh, I am excited to watch this sort of 90s series, if you will, sort of the 1995, 1998, 2002. So we've got Curse of Michael Myers next, then H2O, and then Halloween Resurrection. And then we'll be up to the Rob Zombie uh, films and then the most mo- the, the newest uh, movies. So... Thank you so much for sticking it out with me. That was episode five, uh, Halloween five, the, what was it? The revenge, the return. What was that one called? That one was called the revenge. So Halloween four was the return and this one is the revenge and next is the curse. So thanks for hanging out with me. Um, I hope you enjoy the podcast. If you do, you know, subscribe, continue listening, send me some messages. Um, thank you so much for hanging out, and uh, I'll see you on the next episode.